Hail and welcome to A is for Agrimony, coffee-stained notes on witchcraft. I am Margot, and I've been trying to contact you about your car's extended warranty. Just kidding. Happy Friday, everyone. And if you're listening to this on any other day, happy day. So most weeks when I record, there is a moon phase or astrological event of significance happening that I like to discuss at the beginning of the episode. And while we do have uh, Mercury entering Gemini on June 11th, bringing clearer communication, busier social lives, and lots of stimulating conversations, as well as the Pluto retrograde backspinning out of Aquarius and returning to Capricorn, prompting us to revisit some of our power struggles or subconscious feelings from the beginning of this particular retrograde, and possibly bringing out long-awaited mental breakthroughs or the revelation of some hidden truths. And the Saturn retrograde on June 17th, which is set to push us to re-examine our boundaries, making revisions to certain rules we've been living by, and to slow down and be more thorough and refocus on the important life lessons we've worked through this year so far. There's also the summer solstice coming up, which I will be dedicating the bulk of next week's episode to. Um, But right now, there isn't much else in the way of astrological happenings as they pertain to witchcraft and spiritualism, either that I want to focus on or that I have any extensive knowledge to share. So we're going to push right on to the main topic of this episode, and that is energetic cleansing and magical hygiene. Also, as I was just mentioning that next week's episode is going to be on summer solstice, I forgot that I should mention at least this early on that the following week is the second of my quarterly breaks. So next week I will be putting out an episode on the summer solstice. And then the following week, there will be no episode. It will be my quarterly break. I will actually be taking a vacation from work as well so that I can just do the thing. Whatever the thing is, I'll figure that out. Actually, uh, it's a packed week. It's got my 15th wedding anniversary and Beard Fest, which is a really, really fun musical and wellness festival that goes on in the Pine Barrens of southern New Jersey. Uh, I believe it is three or four days long. I should really know that by now because I'll be volunteering there. Uh, (laughs) So I'll be there the whole time and I'll be camping and I'll be having fun with friends and I'll be helping out uh, with some volunteer work. So it seemed like the right week to schedule my quarterly break. So um, no work, all play, and probably getting some things done around the house and celebrating my marriage and then hanging out in the Pine Barrens. So Just wanted to put that out there now. I should let you know if uh, I'm not going to be recording, right? Okay, so let's get on with it. Energetic cleansing and magical hygiene. And we'll talk about what this is, how it works, the many methods one can employ, why it's so important for magical practitioners to take part in this practice, and finally, how this practice and the teaching of it naturally progresses into the realm of protective magic and wards or protective talismans, which itself also naturally progresses into defensive magic like uncrossings, reversals, and for lack of a better descriptive, tripwire spells uh, and witch bottles. So I guess this is going to be the start of another series. <laughs> and it's becoming clear that I love series by now. <laughs> and uh, these are all important parts of a witch's practice that I like to label as maintenance. 
As simple as the act of locking your door before you go to bed at night. You might not need it, but it is there to add a layer of protection between you and any harm that might come. It's a way of maintaining peace, harmony, and yes, safety in your personal space and in and around your home. So we're going to begin this magical maintenance and protection series with energetic cleansing and magical hygiene. Let's dive into it. Smoke of air and fire of earth. Bless and cleanse this home and hearth. Drive away all harm and fear. Only good may enter here. Those are the words on a small canvas flag that hang in my craft room, used sometimes when I smoke cleanse my house. I ask the sacred smoke of the, enter sacred plant spirit name here, to infuse this space with blessings and purity. These are words I frequently use when burning an incense or an herb post-cleansing to welcome benevolent energies back into my space. Sometimes I'll do this with a simmer pot instead of incense or simply walk around my home with a white candle in hand and some words of blessing. Cleanse the air and free the dirt. Move out of here what lies inert. Whip out all conflicts, dust up disruptions. Let peace reconstruct this space. These are words that I'll say on occasions when I'm using a broom or besom to clear my space of unwanted or stagnant energy, making sweeping motions and ushering what is no longer welcome out the back door. Into this smoke, I release all energies that no longer serve me, all negativity that surrounds me, and all fears that limit me. Be gone, so mote it be. Words I frequently use when smoke cleansing myself, my body, my aura before engaging in daily practice, spell work, or ritual, or simply when I feel like it's necessary. As you can see, I do a lot of work with smoke and speech, but this is just one combination among countless that you can comfortably employ for energetic cleansing and magical hygiene in your space to create an environment of peace and balance. Let's talk technical. Energetic cleansing and magical hygiene are practices rooted in various spiritual and metaphysical traditions. While there can be variations on how they are understood and practiced across different belief systems, here is a general explanation of these concepts. Energetic cleansing refers to the process of purifying and balancing the energy or aura of an individual, a space, or an object. It is based on the idea that everything in existence is composed of energy, including our thoughts, emotions, and the environments we inhabit. Just as we clean our physical bodies and living spaces to maintain hygiene, energetic cleansing aims to cleanse and refresh the energetic field. There are different methods used for energetic cleansing depending on personal preference and cultural or spiritual background. And some of these techniques include smoke cleansing, which involves burning sacred herbs or resins like rosemary, cedar, or frankincense to release smoke, which is believed to carry away negative energy. Crystal cleansing, which employs certain crystals and gemstones that are thought to have energetic properties that can absorb and transmute negative energy. Some commonly used for this purpose are black tourmaline, obsidian, smoky quartz, hematite, clear quartz, and selenite or satin spar, but there are many more that are more than capable of helping you with this. 
Placing crystals in sunlight, moonlight, under running water, or even in the earth is a common method for cleansing them as well. But you need to be sure which stones should not be submerged in water or can be damaged by too much direct sunlight, of course. Another method is sound clearing. And that's the using of sound vibrations to clear stagnant and negative energy. This can be done through techniques such as chanting, drumming, ringing bells, or singing bowls. And I'd like to add that I personally like to employ very loud music sometimes, especially when I'm doing my biannual deep mundane and energetic cleansing. Nothing helps sound clear while you're cleaning, like blasting a song that just makes you feel uplifted or powerful or motivated. Another one is visualization and intention, which is the practice of imagining a flow of pure cleansing energy or light surrounding and permeating the body, space, or an object, intending to remove any negative or stagnant energy. This is a method that we should all practice whenever we can because we don't always have our tools with us, such as herbs for burning, bells for ringing, crystals, or a protective spray when we need them. Sometimes we just have to rely on our own power of will and visualization. So magical hygiene is closely related to energetic cleansing, but it focuses specifically on practices within the realm of magic or ritual work. Magical hygiene involves preparing oneself and a space for spiritual or magical endeavors. The aim is to create an environment that is energetically balanced, protected, and conducive to the intended work. Magical hygiene practices include cleansing rituals that are performed as an energetic cleansing of oneself, tools, the ritual space, uh, before engaging in magical work. This can involve any of the techniques mentioned, as well as ritual baths or showers, applying specific anointing oils, or any other additional practices specific to one's tradition. Another one is regular grounding and centering, which is a way of connecting with the Earth's energy and aligning oneself with a state of balance and focus before engaging in magical practices or even before starting your day and heading out into the mundane world, which can sometimes require a little extra support. Oh boy. Another one is shielding and protection by way of creating energetic shields and protective barriers around oneself and the ritual space to ward off negative or unwanted energies during a magical working as well as on a daily basis. And finally, energetic boundary setting. Setting. I don't know why I said it like that. Uh, Which is a way of establishing personal boundaries and intentions for the ritual or magical practice, ensuring that one's energy is focused and protected. An example of this is casting a circle before a ritual or laying a compass or simply setting up protective wards around the home. So it's important to note that these practices can vary depending on one's cultural and spiritual beliefs. Some people may combine different techniques or develop their own unique methods based on their personal experiences and preferences. The ultimate goal of both energetic cleansing and magical hygiene is to create a harmonious and energetically balanced environment that supports well-being, clarity, and spiritual work. Okay, one other important note to make is that the regular decluttering of your home and the mundane cleaning of your space is like how I like to put it 
is also just as important as energetic cleansing when it comes to maintaining an environment of peace and energetic balance. If you've ever entered into a space that was extremely cluttered, unkept, or downright filthy and felt an oppressive energy closing in on you, that is exactly what built-up stagnation and clutter can bring about, Just as pests can find safe harbor in piles of clutter or dark, dusty corners, so can stagnant energy and unwanted or even harmful energies find a comfortable place to inhabit. So even if it's not nearly as much fun, the mundane upkeep of a space is just as important for our spiritual well-being as energetic cleansing and magical hygiene. And we'll dive deeper into preventing unwanted energy or even harmful spirits when we move into protection magic. But for now, I'll explain just a little bit further. So we know that energetic cleansing of a home or space will help create an environment that is energetically balanced, harmonious, and free from unwanted or harmful energies. While the effectiveness of energetic cleansing in dealing with unwanted energies or spirits can vary depending upon one's beliefs or specific situation, here are some general principles and practices. So one, clearing stagnant and negative energy with smoke cleansing, sound clearing, or visualization, which is the main focus of this episode, aims to clear away stagnant or harmful energy that may be lingering in a space. By removing this dense or stagnant energy, the space becomes less attractive to those unwanted entities who have no recourse but to find shelter elsewhere. Two, setting intentions before conducting an energetic cleansing can be helpful to set clear and positive objectives for a space. This can involve stating affirmations, praying, evocations, charms, or simply focusing your thoughts on the desired state of the space. Intentions can include inviting in positive energy, harmony, and protection while stating that negative or harmful energies are not welcome. Three, again, creating a protective shield to establish a barrier around the home or specific areas within it. This can be done through visualization, intention, or even using physical objects like protective crystals, amulets, or even mundane objects. This shield is intended to create a boundary that prevents unwanted energies or entities from entering the space after it has been thoroughly cleansed. Four, remember regular maintenance, which is the focus of this entire new series, is the upkeep involved with cleansings and protection magic, which I might add provides ample opportunities for witches, uh, beginners and adepts alike to practice their craft on a regular basis. Energetic cleansing is not a one-time solution. It is advisable to establish a routine for energetic maintenance and cleansing of a space. And this can be done periodically, such as weekly, monthly, or as needed, depending on the activity and energy flow in the space. Consistent maintenance helps in keeping the energy of the space clear and balanced, reducing the likelihood of negative or unwanted energies ever taking hold. And five, Cultivating a harmonious atmosphere. Beyond energetic cleansing, maintaining a positive atmosphere in the home can also contribute to warding off unwanted energies. This can include practices such as practicing gratitude, keeping the space clean and organized, incorporating natural elements, developing a peaceful and respectful relationship with the spirits of the land that we live on and even maybe in our home, and fostering a sense of love, joy, and peace within the home. 
It's also important to note that while energetic cleansing can be helpful in practice, if you are dealing with severe or persistent negative energies or spirit activity, it may be beneficial to seek assistance from a spiritual or energetic practitioner who specializes in such matters. They can provide guidance and additional techniques tailored for your specific situation. Remember, beliefs and practices around unwanted energies and spirits can vary across cultures and spiritual traditions. It's essential to follow the practices that resonate with you, align with your belief system, and also demonstrate respect for the spirits of the land on which you reside. So let's get back to step one, energetic cleansing and magical hygiene. Why do we need it? And why is it important? I was recently on seagrapeapothecary.com and happened to take a look at their beginner witch guide. Uh, They had a lot of wonderful things to say about what it means to be a witch. And I'd like to share uh, and also bounce off one of their points or segue in my discussion about energetic maintenance. They said about what makes a witch. A witch is shaped by their values, and any new witch can discern their core values with a little bit of introspection. Values are your guiding principles or code of ethics. If you're living within your values, you're living in alignment. If you're living outside of your values, your connection to pleasure, self, and purpose might feel distant or strained. Your magic is inextricable from your views, values, and core beliefs because all of these things affect the world around you. Witchcraft is both deeply personal and deeply political. And when your magical practice or path is rooted in liberatory values, living in pleasure becomes a radical act of hope. Here at Seagrape, we value community, pleasure, embodiment, and connection. And when you allow your inner yes to steer your path into witchcraft, Pleasure becomes both the compass and the beacon guiding you back into right relationship with your magic. So they go on to explain how important it is to ignore elitism, sensationalism, and perfectionism uh, and be gentle with yourself and take your time in your pursuit of your own rich magical tradition. But that part about pleasure becoming a beacon to guide you reminded me of something that I read in a witchcraft book once that said something to the effect of, when you start to explore witchcraft and spirituality, you yourself may also start to become a beacon of attractive light and energy. And you may start to draw others to you, whether they are living people, spirits, or otherwise. And for this reason, it's important to start with the basics and make sure that you build a solid foundation for your magic to rest atop of. And this foundation is made up of a healthy mindset, a willingness to work through, accept, and integrate your shadows, even if that requires help, which is totally okay, the ability to ground and center yourself, and of course, a working knowledge of energetic cleansing, magical hygiene, and eventually protection magic. This is why you'll find that many vocal practitioners put a heavy emphasis on these elements because they truly are the building blocks for a strong, dependable, and effective library of knowledge and experience in your magical journey. So let's say you want to start making your home and your own personal aura feel free of stagnation or negative influence so that you can feel more comfortable and confident on your magical workings moving forward. 
As I said before, stagnation can build up when we ignore a space or let clutter build up, or we have a heated argument or a crowded party in our space and energy from these situations are left to linger in the shadows. Energy is everything and it is just as alive as we are. Therefore, it should be addressed. And as witches, we are dedicated to developing our ability to manipulate that energy, either in our favor or in alignment with our intentions and our greatest good. So cleansing your space, both practically and magically, can easily be the first way that we start to learn to do that. Your proof is in your ability to feel the difference in how your space feels both before and after a cleansing. And there's no need for pomp and circumstance here. You don't have to schedule it to align with specific moon cycles or wait until you think your home has been invaded by some unknown or undesirable energy. You can start by simply taking in your surroundings, quietly feeling what the space around you feels like, and identifying any physical sensations that come to you as well as emotional feelings or specific vibrations. Different practitioners will have different ways of putting out their feelers. I have at times suddenly had this feeling of being unsafe or spooked, like I'd just finished a really scary horror movie, except I hadn't. Uh, I've also felt like a pressure was closing in on me and making me feel uncomfortable. Like even though my house was empty, save me and my animals and my plants, it felt as if somehow it was much more crowded than that. And I've also felt a buzzing in my head that signaled the presence of something that was wholly unwelcome in my space. Whether it was because I let too much time lapse in between my regular maintenance routine and my house was just an unholy mess, um, or some energy was left behind by a distressed visitor or a gathering of people, or something simply got through my protections because that can happen sometimes. Your ability to feel your space and identify any changes within it will grow over time. The key is to just start feeling around. Once you've tried that, it's time to get to work. So like I said, I like to blast off some feel-good music when I start to really get down to cleaning my house from top to bottom. You may prefer to play something soothing or simply work in silence, picking up around the house and clearing out the dust bunnies while focusing your intention on breaking up the stagnation. Do what feels like the right course of action for you. Just so long as some decluttering and organization is happening, you're already on your way to a great energetic cleansing. Next comes the fun stuff. I can't tell you how many different methods I've read in books that say to open every window in your home or open just one window in your house or begin at the back of your house and work your way to the front or begin at the front of the house, pushing all the unwanted energy out the back. And I'm not going to tell you to subscribe to any of these guidelines. Something is going to make more sense to you than something else. And that's what you should do, period. If it's a beautiful day outside, I like to open all the windows in my house and invite the element of air to come in and help me in clearing my space of stagnation and unwanted energies. And when I'm ready to begin my typical smoke cleansing, I will work through the house, closing the windows as I go until just one is left open while I finish up. Over years of trying different methods, this is the one that I decided works for me. So I typically employ smoke cleansing and chanting when I'm doing an energetic cleansing in my home sometimes adding the use of a bell. I absolutely love bells for sound clearing, by the way, and I keep a bell in almost every room in the house. 
I've also thought about getting some wrist bells or attaching some bells to a bracelet so that they ring as I wave my, you know, smoldering herb bundle around, spreading smoke to fumigate and cleanse my space. I've also been known to clap and yell and stomp around the house with my trusty broom in hand. Um, This is where you get to explore different methods and figure out what feels comfortable and potent and powerful to you. And that's the fun part, I think. So smoke cleansing can be done with herb bundles, which are dried plant materials that have been bound together with some string and lit and smoldered to spread smoke. With resins and dried herbs or plant materials burned on top of a charcoal disc inside a sensor or a thorable or simply with an incense stick or an incense cone or rope or coil. As you move through your space um, or around yourself, it's important to visualize the unwanted or stagnant energies being released and carried away by the smoke. Focus on the space or object being filled with powerful cleansing and healing energy. And you can also state affirmations or prayers related to cleansing and purification. This is one of those times where it's important maybe not to ignore the type of plant material that you're using, even if it's in the form of an incense, and thank that spirit for its help or possibly ask that spirit for its help and thank it also as you do this cleansing. There are many practitioners who cannot use smoke of any kind say they live in an apartment building that strictly forbids smoking. Most likely that will include incense or burning a bundle of sagebrush dipped in dragon's blood. So in this case, you might decide that sound clearing with some bells or drums or clapping is best. Or you might decide to craft a cleansing spray, which can easily be done with some water, alcohol, I prefer cheap vodka as it preserves the properties of essential oils and plant materials a little better than, say, rubbing alcohol and has less of an odor compared to vinegar. Uh, And you can buy one of those really, really big, cheap bottles of vodka, you know, the ones that are a little embarrassing to be caught buying in public. And those are great for making sprays, all kinds of sprays. It's amazing. (laughs) Um, So you can do this with some water, alcohol, and some oils plant materials, or essential oils that you have on hand. If you make moon water or sun water, here is the perfect time to put them into use in a spray bottle. A simple mixture of purified or spring water with sea salt can be a powerfully cleansing and protective combination of the water and earth elements. There are many ways that you can work around not being able to use smoke, and I'll be including a recipe for a cleansing spray before this episode ends. During the process of energetically cleansing your space, you want to infuse your actions with your intentions, and this can be done with careful visualization, the repetition of affirmations or chants, like the ones I recited earlier, or simply speaking your mind. Some practitioners will even sing as they cleanse their space, which I think is an absolutely beautiful method. The purpose here is to align your actions with your intentions in order to infuse real power into what you're doing. And remember that you aren't on a crusade to banish any and all energies but your own from your home. I mean, if you are, then that's okay too. It's just going to take a whole lot of work to maintain that. And you may eventually find that some energies and even spirits can be wonderfully helpful in maintaining the equilibrium that you seek in your space. You are simply making your space inhospitable for energies that are harmful 
and counterintuitive to your desire to have a peaceful and balanced personal aura or personal space. Essentially, you're tuning the vibrations of your home so that anything not aligned will only find comfort by exiting. So when I'm finished with this step, I will sometimes leave it at that. But if I have some extra time or if I felt like my cleansing was a bit intense out of necessity or I don't know, I was just feeling that way, I may move on to inviting positive and helpful or benevolent energies back in. You will find that some plant spirits, mineral allies, witches tools, and even methods of cleansing and banishing are much more aggressive and forceful than others. For example, if my home is feeling pretty balanced, but I just want to do a quick cleansing of myself and my immediate space to help me align with the magic that I'm about to practice, I might just burn some copal resin uh, or anoint myself as well as some windows and doors with a cleansing and protection oil. Uh, or I might just burn some white candles or simply speak some words and call in some allies. But if I feel like something more powerful is needed for whatever reason, and as a result, I just blasted through my house with my trusty herb bundle of cedar or juniper dipped in dragon's blood uh, or something to that effect. Then I want to reset afterwards and proceed by inviting some positive energies back in. One extremely silly analogy that comes to mind when I do this is like hosting a party that has become completely out of control and yelling loudly at the top of my lungs, get the hell out of my house. But then as everyone begins filing out, grabbing a couple of my friends who were behaving the whole time and whose company I still enjoy and saying, you can stay. <laughs> That's the analogy I always think of in this case. I know that's silly, but it's, it's just the way this brain works. So in this process, I might burn something afterwards that has a much gentler and inviting vibe about it, like lavender mixed with citrus peel and some marjoram. Or I'll forgo another smoke option and set a simmer pot on the stove and add slices of citrus fruit or apples, cinnamon sticks, anise stars, or flower petals from the garden, some rosemary clippings, and lavender buds, or dried flowers or herbs that I have on hand. Or you could even start a big pot of a stew or like a tomato sauce that is just teeming with aromatic herbs that encourage love, healing, prosperity, and peace. It feels extra special when you can incorporate kitchen witchery into this process. And when your meal is finished, you can set a small serving of your culinary creation out as an offering to the spirits and energies that are welcome and appreciated allies. Uh, beyond this, and in the absence of tools, plant materials, crystals, sprays, talismans, etc., another way of cleansing and protecting your own aura, as well as your space, is through visualization, which is easily one of the most important skills to learn and master as a witch. I said in a recent live for the Patreon that of all the things to learn when you begin your journey in witchcraft, visualization is absolutely number one, even if you struggle with meditation, which even I do, and that's okay. Visualization is so incredibly important. When you cast a spell, you should be visualizing your intended outcome, no matter how long it takes. And when you say a prayer or evoke a deity, spirit, or element, you should be visualizing who or what you are addressing or even their arrival in your space. When you're working on manifesting your goals, the visualization of what the achievement you seek looks like and how it will affect your life should always be in the forefront of your mind. 
And this is how, through our thoughts, as well as our actions, we can begin to manipulate the energy around us, affect change, and start manifesting our desires. It starts with visualization. Well, actually, it starts with figuring out what you want and setting intentions, (laughs) but then it's all about visualization. So this is where we come to grounding, centering, and developing the ability to clear clutter from our minds and energetically cleanse and protect our own auras and even our spaces simply with the power of our minds. Grounding and centering techniques used to connect with uh, the present moment stabilize your energy and establish a sense of balance and calm. And here's a simple and accessible way to practice grounding and centering. So first, you want to choose a quiet and comfortable space where you can sit and stand comfortably without distractions. Uh, You want to try to relax your body by closing your eyes and taking a few deep breaths to release any tension. Allow your muscles to soften and let go of any stress or busyness if you can. Don't feel bad if that's difficult for a while. This is just like everything. It takes some practice. So next, you want to connect to your breath by shifting your focus to it. Take it slow, inhaling through your nose and exhaling through your mouth as deeply as your lungs will comfortably allow. And as you breathe, try to notice or focus on the sensation of the air filling your lungs, but the release of tension as you exhale. Next, you wanna visualize roots or possibly an anchor, whichever is easier for you, extending from the soles of your feet or the base of your spine. Again, whichever is easier for you. And see these roots or your anchor penetrating deep into the earth, holding you firmly in place and providing you with stability. From here, connected to the earth as you are, you can draw on energy from the earth like a plug in an outlet. As you continue to breathe, envision drawing up nourishing, grounding energy from the earth through your roots or your anchor. Visualize this energy as warm, golden light or any other imagery that resonates with you and makes you feel comforted. And you may be feeling like there is actually an excess of energy in your spirit body. And if that's the case, you can also send that down into the earth where it will be recycled and used elsewhere. This is where you can get yourself back to a nice zero. Whether you need to take in some energy or give some away, let the earth assist you with that. Allow yourself to feel earthly stability and support in this moment. And as the earth energy flows up through your roots or your anchor, allow yourself to feel it providing a sense of groundedness, solidity, and connection to the earth beneath you. And now you can move on to centering yourself. From here, once you feel grounded, you start to clear your mind of all your scattered energies and bring them into a single point of space in your body, almost like pulling them into a ball of light that accumulates at your body's center, which is often located around your navel or solar plexus area. Some, including myself, may feel that that is actually at the heart center. So you may want to place your hand on wherever the center place is so you can physically feel where the energy is concentrating, wherever it feels naturally to you. Imagine your energy gathering and settling in this center, creating a sense of balance and focus. 
In instances where you need to create an aura or a bubble boundary shell or shield of cleansing or even banishing and protective energy, from here you can focus that center of energy that's been gathered in that, you know, in that center, whether it's your heart center, your solar plexus, or somewhere else, and you can start to grow it and push it out, feeling it expand and visualizing it spreading out as brilliant light that deflects all unwanted or even harmful energies from you. (laughs) I can't help but imagine, you know, a Patronus sending Dementors flying for the hills. Please forgive me. And you can let this light spread around you, just you, or you and some people that you're with, or filling your entire space or your home. When we move on to wards and home protection, I'll explain how I use this method to actually charge some wards that are set up at the boundaries of my property. Now, if you want to, many people also include a divine element to this so far very earthly grounding practice. So you're rooted to the earth and feeling stabilized, supported, and nourished. Now it's time to straighten your spine and imagine that that same energy at your center is shooting straight up and you can send another anchor or your roots can become branches like a tree or you can simply imagine that energy at your center becoming a beam of light that pulls your spine straight and goes straight up through the sky and space straight to source or the universe or God or your deity. Perhaps you don't know where it's going and you just need to see where it goes and discover that for yourself through this visualization. I was led in a meditation similar to this by an instructor at a retreat and was surprised, pleasantly, but I was still surprised to see what was at the end of this beam of light traveling straight up into the higher realm for me. And still another method is to imagine that the beam of light comes down from the higher realms and straight into your spine, connecting at your center with the earthly energy that is coming up from the earth holding your whole body in place, fully balanced between the supportive, stable, and nurturing earth energies and the ethereal divine energies from above. While doing this, you want to try to maintain focus on your breath, the sensation of grounding, and the centering of your energy. If your mind wanders, gently bring your attention back to the present moment, and the practice, or simply refocus on your breath, which will often be the key to plugging back into the visualization. And finally, take your time. Grounding and centering can be a personal and individual process. Take as much time as you need to feel fully grounded and centered before concluding the practice. And this is just a way to begin practicing this technique. After a couple tries, you may find you prefer another method or that you can do this pretty quickly, literally anywhere, often without anyone even knowing that you're doing it. And by extension, you can start to use this method to create cleansing, healing, and even protective bubbles or shields around you whenever you feel it's needed. Again, because this method requires no tools and just you and your mind, it is probably the most important to learn straight off the bat. But if you want to try it for the first time, I think it's easier to just go through some of the traditional motions in order to find your own stride eventually. Remember, grounding and centering are skills that are developed with regular practice. And you can incorporate this exercise into your daily routine, uh, particularly during moments of stress, overwhelm, or when you feel disconnected from the present moment as you become more familiar with the practice, you find you may start to explore some other variations and techniques that resonate 
best with you. Okay, so I want to share a recipe for a cleansing spray that I make and use uh, and is very simple to create. Uh, for it, I actually use sun water rather than moon water because I feel like the power of the sun chases away the shadows and infuses a space with brightness, vitality, and robust energy. To make sun water, I set a bowl out under the sunny sky. And I'd like to add that with summer solstice right around the corner, it's a perfect day to make yourself a big batch of powerful sun water. So I set a bowl out under a bright sunny sky. I add a pinch of St. John's wort. Uh, you could do this or you could also use flowers like sunflowers or daisies or whatever you think represents and harnesses sun energy. I also add a tiger's eye to the water and then I leave it sit and absorb the sun's energy for a few hours, if not an entire day. Above the bowl, I will say something to the effect of warm and radiant sun. I ask you to bless this water with your vital energy and power to overcome darkness and chase away the shades so I might use it for my highest good. And I thank you. So mote it be. When the water is finished, I take it inside and remove the tiger's eye, strain, strain it, and bottle it. But I also add vodka to the mixture because although it's been strained, there's still plant material remaining in the water and we don't want this to spoil over time. Um, the ratio that I typically use is a quarter cup of vodka to three quarters a cup of sun water uh, or one part vodka to three parts mixture. To this, I will add about a tablespoon of Florida water and a sprig of rosemary or um, rosemary, lavender, and citrus, preferably lemon or sweet orange essential oils. All of this goes into a spray bottle and voila, you have a spray that is not only excellent for energetic cleansing, but it smells amazing and it won't go moldy anytime soon. I'll be posting the full and simplified recipe for this spray as well as a few others and some useful herb bundle combinations for making bundles over on the website this weekend. So hop on over there for some recipes and inspiration for your own energetic cleansings. Okay, there's one last thing I want to cover before I let you go. So we've covered smoke cleansing, sound clearing, the use of sprays and crystals, how developing an amiable relationship with spirits of land and place can help maintain the balance and harmony in your home and around you, and how you can use visualization and grounding and centering to cleanse and protect your aura and space as well. So finally, I want to talk about cleansing baths and showers. Uh, in witchcraft, baths or showers can be transformed into a ritual or practice of cleansing and purifying the body, mind, and spirit. They're performed with the intention of removing negative energy, releasing emotional burdens, and promoting spiritual well-being. While different traditions and individuals may have their unique approaches, I'm going to do my best with a general understanding of how these practices work. So you begin, as with all things, with intention and focus. Cleansing baths and showers begin with setting a clear intention for the ritual. This intention could be to cleanse yourself of negative energy, to release stress or emotional burdens, or to invite positive energy and spiritual renewal, or all of the above. The focus on these intentions should be upheld as well as possible throughout the process. Then there's preparation. Prepare your physical space for your cleansing ritual. This goes into magical hygiene as well. This could involve cleaning the bathroom, arranging candles or crystals, and creating a soothing ambiance that promotes relaxation and spiritual connection. And then you move on to choosing ingredients. Commonly used ingredients in cleansing baths or showers include herbs, essential oils, flowers, salts, and crystals. 
Each ingredient carries its own energetic properties and can enhance the desired effects of the cleansing ritual. For example, lavender is often used for relaxation, hyssop for purification, and rose petals for self-love. Adding Epsom salts or sea salt can add extra purifying and protective energy or also help draw out toxins and promote relaxation. If you're adding these items to a shower, you can create a bundle that hangs under the shower head so that the water runs through it before hitting you, or even pour some infused water over your head and body and rub it into your skin before letting it rinse away in the warm water. This is especially effective for the washing away of something unwanted. Next is invocation and prayer. Invocation and prayer can sometimes be an added element to a ritual cleansing as well. You may choose to invoke deities, guides, or spirits that resonate with your personal belief system. Offer a prayer or affirmation, expressing your intention and seeking their assistance and guidance during the process. Whether you choose to bathe or shower, as you immerse yourself in the water or let it flow over you, it's important to visualize negative energy or emotional burdens being washed away. Imagine the water cleansing your physical body, revitalizing your energy field, stripping away any harmful energies or attachments, and bringing a sense of purification and renewal. You can also use this to repeat affirmations or engage in meditation to further focus your intention. Be present and mindful throughout this cleansing ritual. Pay attention to the sensations, smells, and sounds around you. Focus on your breath allowing yourself to relax and release any tension or negativity you may be holding onto. Towards the end of the bath or shower, visualize the unwanted energy or emotional burdens being released and dissolved by the water. Imagine them flowing down the drain or even absorbed by the earth, leaving you feeling light, purified, and rejuvenated. Finally, you might decide to include some gratitude and or a closing. As you complete the ritual, express gratitude to the elements, spirits, or deities you may have evoked, as well as to yourself for taking this time for self-care and spiritual practice. Close the ritual in a way that feels appropriate to you, such as blowing out candles or snuffing out candles, um, if you think blowing out candles is a crime, (laughs) offering a final prayer, or simply taking a moment of silence. Cleansing baths and showers in witchcraft are deeply personal experiences, and it's important to adapt them to your own personal beliefs and preferences. Feel free to explore different ingredients, rituals, and variations that resonate with you and align with your spiritual path, and check out the website at aisforagrimony.com for the spray recipe, smoke bundle combinations, and a cleansing bath recipe or two if you are looking for some inspiration. Okay. That is all that I have for you today. Please be well and have an amazing weekend. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of A is for Agrimony, coffee-stained notes on witchcraft. If you like what you've been hearing, please drop me a review wherever you listen. If you want some more content, please go to www.aisforagrimony.com where you can find my blog, episode archive, spells and rituals, and soon to come, the coven shop. You can also follow me on Instagram at a underscore is underscore for underscore agrimony. That's an underscore in between every word. Or like my Facebook page, facebook.com slash a is for agrimony. 
Want to contact me? Shoot an email to reachmargo at aisforagrimony.com. And if you're interested in some exclusive bonus content, you can join me over on Patreon at patreon.com slash aisforagrimony, where I share early release, unedited video format episodes, weekly collective card readings, monthly spells, and much more. You're also welcome to send me some snail mail, if you're that kind of person, to P.O. Box 397, Cherry Hill, New Jersey, zip code 08003. I'd love a good surprise. or not. I don't know. Anyway, thank you for listening. Be well and have an amazing weekend. And next you want to visualize, I don't know what that was because my dogs are outside. (laughs) Gonna have to do house cleansing after this. (laughs) I'm just kidding. (laughs) I don't know what that sound was, but I'm not worried about it. Anyway, next you want to visualize roots or